grace, mercy, and peace to you from God, our Father, and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. An important teaching for Christians to remember is the clarity of Scripture. We believe, teach, and confess that there can be no clear author on earth or in heaven than God the Holy Spirit. The Bible was written to give us clarity on who God is, who we are, what God has done for us sinners through his son, Jesus Christ, and how we can achieve eternal life. These important matters are all clearly taught in sacred scriptures. Now, some biblical teachings, though, may appear unclear due to our own sinfulness. As sinners, we can have a hard time letting go of our own personal feelings so that we would then trust solely in the word of Christ. This may occur when we've been misled in our past to strange and false teachings, and we want to honor those who have taught us those things, and so we have a difficult time letting those things go for the pure word of God. This also can, or this can often happen, especially when we're raised in other denominations and then we're introduced to something completely different as we hear what is proclaimed from the Bible in the Lutheran church. Or perhaps we hear what the world is preaching And we are now trying to figure out a way to make the world's teachings match the Bible's teachings, to get the world's doctrines and God's doctrines to somehow come together. But the world, of course, preaches all sorts of things that are contrary to God's word, especially when it comes to matters related to marriage and gender and life and creation. Or sometimes we may simply feel that something is true even when we know that it contradicts the Bible. I've seen this happen especially when someone doesn't want to listen to what the Bible teaches concerning the roles of men and and women in the church or believe what the Bible teaches concerning closed communion or some even have a hard time believing that salvation is found only in Jesus Christ and that there is no other way to eternal life but through Jesus who alone shed his blood on the cross. So when they don't like what the Bible teaches on a matter, then they want to dismiss the Bible's teachings as being unclear, even though they know clearly what it says. You see, many do not believe that Jesus alone is the way, the truth, and the life, as he stated in our gospel. Many want to believe that there can be other ways to God than through, the, than through our Lord Jesus Christ. This false belief is rather tempting, especially when, for example, we have a friend, or we have a neighbor, or we have even a relative who is particularly wonderful and caring, has done great things for us, but then doesn't believe in Jesus. We really, really 
want to think that that person who seems to be so good and is so good to us should also have a place in heaven even though they do not have Jesus. But Jesus is clear in today's gospel, for he is the only one who died to take away the sins of the world. He is the one who went to heaven to prepare those mansions, those rooms for us in heaven. And it is only through Jesus that we have access to God our Father, for Jesus alone is one with the Father, as Jesus told St. Philip. While some things appear not so clear in Scripture due to our own sinfulness, there are other things that God has chosen not to reveal to us fully. If God doesn't fully reveal to us something, that does not make the Scriptures unclear or that God himself is unclear. Instead, he has simply chosen what is best for us to know. So one of these areas, it's even called the cross of the theologian, has to do with election and predestination and our salvation. Many theologians have wrestled with this topic because God does not give us all of the answers in Scripture. For we know that Jesus alone paid for the sins of the world through his sacrifice on the cross. We know that God desires all men to be saved, and we also know that God elects people to salvation. And when he does so, he uses his spirit through the word and the sacraments to convert them into saving faith. Now, if Jesus paid for the sins of all, and if Jesus is the only one who can bring about man's conversion, electing him, then why aren't all saved? Why some and not others? That is a thing that we can't fully answer, at least to man's reason and man's satisfaction. The answer that we have is that God graciously calls people to his own, that Christ truly paid for the sins of the entire world, that man can resist the work of the Holy Spirit, and that it is man's fault if he does not receive the blessings of Christ for his salvation. Going beyond that, trying to explain further, really gets us into muddy territory, we cannot answer them. And there are other far less weighty matters that God-fearing Christians have studied and have also been unable to answer. So one of them, and you'll have differences of beliefs even within the Missouri Synod on this matter, and really there is room for difference of belief on it, and that is, was Mary always a virgin or did she have other children besides Jesus after the birth of Jesus. Now many just take it for granted. It's obvious that Mary and Joseph had other children because they say it's obvious that the Bible says so. But it's really not that clear in the scriptures on this matter. The Bible doesn't explicitly say it. Now you might say, well, what about Matthew chapter 13? where it says that Jesus is the carpenter's son. His mother is Mary. He has brothers named James and Joseph and Simon and Judas. Well, you also have a Mary that is not Mary, mother of our Lord, who has sons named James and Joseph, who was present at the crucifixion of Jesus as recorded in Mark chapter 15, and who also is one of those Marys who came to anoint Jesus with spices on the day of our Lord's resurrection, 
That is recorded in Mark chapter 16. So we have, do we have two Marys that have, each have a son named James and Joseph, or are they the same Mary? And then that Mary who has these the sons named James and Joseph and Judas and Simon, could that be confused as the Mary who is the mother of our Lord by the people at Nazareth when they dismiss Jesus? They might be the ones confused. So we don't really know. And how many Jameses are found in the scriptures comes into bearing on if we can see from within the scriptures if Mary had other children. So just so you know, Martin Luther and most Missouri Synod theologians well into the 20th century asserted the perpetual virginity of Mary. Now, my point is not to convince you that Mary remained a virgin. I myself am not convinced of that, nor am I convinced the other way that she had other children. I just leave that as an open question. I do not know, and really it does not matter when it comes to our salvation anyway. Instead, my point is that on this day, the church remembers St. James on May 1st, who is the son of Alphaeus, one of the lesser apostles. Who this James is comes into bearing when considering the perpetual virginity of Mary. The Bible doesn't clearly say, but this doesn't mean that God is unclear. This is important for us to understand. This does not take away from the clarity of Scripture. Instead, God just found it unnecessary to state these matters to us definitively. So how many men named G James in the New Testament is also difficult to determine. There can be three, there could be four, or there could be five. We know for certain there's James the Elder, who's part of our Lord's inner circle along with Peter and John, who, who, along, who is a brother to John. There's also a James that's only mentioned as the father of Judas, not Iscariot. So that's all he's ever mentioned, is being the father to Judas, not Iscariot. That Judas is also known, known as Thaddeus. But anyway, that's all we know about that other uh, James. And then the third James is the son of Alphaeus as an apostle. So yes, of the 12 apostles, there are two Jameses and there are two Judases. And then there's the James I mentioned, who is the brother of our Lord in Nazareth. And then there's also that James that I mentioned who is, who, 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 when there's a Mary at the crucifixion and has, a, has two sons named James and Joseph. Now it could be that these last two Jameses are the same James, and it could be that the last three Jameses that I mentioned are all the same James. It's hard to figure out who is who. Because my middle name is James and my son's name is James, I have studied this topic many times. And all I can say is that I do not know how many Jameses there are in the New Testament. But what I can tell you is as I have endeavored to submit myself to the Word of God, to study this various topic, to look at all the references to James in the New Testament, I have grown in the Word every single time I have taken up this topic. I have learned more. I have learned more about the other apostles and the others in Scripture. I have learned more about why people hold to differing beliefs 
on the number of various characters in the scriptures. And above all, I have grown in my knowledge and appreciation for the word of Christ and Christ himself. So the inability of theologians to figure some of these things out does not negate the clarity of scripture. It's just that God has seen it fit for us to not know all the details. God will not keep Christians out of heaven if they can't state how many Jameses there are in the New Testament. Such details, though, can be interesting for Christians to study. In fact, in doing so, it forces Christians to wrestle with the scriptures, to spend more time in the Bible, and to submit ourselves to the teachings of Christians, or of, of scripture, for as Christians, we desire to grow in our understanding of the sacred scriptures. And really, we should see in this the brilliance and the handiwork of God in this regard. For if he spelled it all out for us in the most simplest of ways, we would just gloss over it quickly. We'll say, oh, I get that. And we really wouldn't take time to think. We would just read the scriptures in a lazy and unthoughtful manner. But God has given us minds. Our human reason and intellect are unparalleled among God's creation. And he wants us to use our minds, our time, and our devotion in the study of the word of God. And so he has chosen to leave some details out so that we can take time to study and to sort things out. He has chosen to leave some things so that we would have to search the scriptures to find the clues and to find the understanding. And when we still do not understand, we give God the glory and we move on to other matters of theology. And in all of this, we can see the great treasure that we have in the scriptures. God has established the ministry so that we can also gain clarity and insight. Ministers of the gospel have studied the scriptures and they're ready to teach. They're ready to explain and expound upon the scriptures. After all, we can't all be experts on every topic that we encounter. And so we gain wisdom from the teaching of those who study. You, as God's people, Christ's sheep, gain wisdom and knowledge as you hear the proclamation of the word through your pastor. Pastors themselves must study. In fact, pastors don't have offices inside churches to conduct business affairs, but pastors have studies in the church to contemplate the scriptures, to pray, to counsel Christians, and to prepare to teach. Two ministers whom Christ has raised up are, are celebrated or observed on this day, May 1st, and they are St. Philip and St. James, two of the lesser-known apostles. Who Philip is is easy to determine in the Bible. He's from Bethsaida. And in the New Testament, there are four Philips mentioned. Two of them are half-brothers, sons of King Herod the Great. One was an apostle whom we are observing today. And one was an evangelist and deacon who was selected by the church in Acts 6 as a servant. And much is written of him in Acts 8. Philip the apostle, though, is mentioned in John 1 when Jesus said to him, follow me. And Philip immediately told Nathanael that he had found Jesus of Nazareth, the one whom Moses and the prophets wrote about. Jesus also asked Philip at the feeding of the 5,000 where they may buy bread so that the people can eat. 
And the day after Palm Sunday, on Holy Monday, some Greeks asked Philip to see Jesus. And on Monday, Thursday, Jesus taught the disciples that they have access to the Father only through Jesus himself. Philip then asked Jesus to show them the Father. If Jesus is the way, the truth, and life, and if you can come to the Father through Jesus, then Philip naturally asked, show us the Father. But then Jesus explains that because Philip has seen Jesus, he has also seen the Father. Tradition then suggests that Philip went to Phrygia and labored there. Phrygia is in modern-day Turkey, kind of south-central modern-day Turkey, and he was likely put to death on account of faithfully preaching the gospel. The other apostle the church remembers today is James, the son of Alphaeus. Now, if Alphaeus is not married to a Mary, then little is said about this James. Just He's only listed among those who are the 12 apostles. But if Alphaeus is married to a Mary, then this may be the James who could be confused as the brother of Jesus, the one who wrote the book of James and became a leader of the church in Jerusalem. But many theologians assume that this is a different James, and we observe that other James on October 23rd. God established the ministry not only so that we can gain clarity and insight on the word of God, but especially so that our hearts and minds may be fixed on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. So faithful preachers will keep on proclaiming Christ crucified and risen for the forgiveness of our sin. Faithful church services will focus on Christ as the liturgies certainly do in our hymnal. After all, Jesus alone went to the cross to pay for our sin. Jesus alone shed his innocent blood to render the ransom payment for our sin. Jesus alone went to the Father to prepare a place for us to dwell with him in heaven. Jesus alone swallowed up death in, his, in victory, granting us eternal life by triumphing over the grave. Jesus alone earned for us forgiveness, which then means salvation is a gift to us. And Jesus alone will return on the last day to raise our bodies in perfection so that we can dwell with him to all eternity, where there our joys and our praises will never end. And so we give thanks to Jesus who has revealed all of this to us through his clear word. Amen. The peace of God which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus to life everlasting. Amen. <clears throat>